I'm so glad you came back after Sunday. I was really concerned after Sunday that, uh, uh, has anybody heard teaching on that before? On the spirit of mammon like that? I have heard it, but I never heard it. You know what I mean? Like I've heard, I've heard Pastor Tracy do a bunch um, on the spirit of mammon. And then, like I said, uh, Creflo Dollar did a whole session this year at Kenneth Copeland's Ministers Conference, speaking to ministers about keeping mammon out of your ministry. And it just struck me, there was a, and I'm not going to actually teach on this part tonight, but it does have to do with healing. Jesus walked into the temple and they were all using the temple, the courtyard, to sell and to buy. Amen. They were selling stuff. It had turned into kind of a, a, a sale place for people to buy whatever they were going to sacrifice with. And all of a sudden, that outer court, which was never supposed to be for merchandising, was now being used for merchandising. Amen. And people were selling their wares and, and all these types of things. Well, Jesus comes in, makes a cord, and he cleans that stuff out. And then the Bible says... Everybody got healed. When Jesus got rid of that mammon spirit, see, there was no healing going on up to that point in the place there was supposed to be healing. That mammon spirit had set itself up in the temple. Amen. And now when Jesus comes in and as soon as he wipes that thing out, now all of a sudden healing's restored. When we get that mammon spirit, amen, out of our life, and a lot of it is just recognizing what that thing is. And I'm going to kind of backtrack and kind of go over it again tonight, part B, so everybody wear your steel-tipped shoes tonight, amen? We're not going to talk about um, wrappers, you know, twisty ties or old butter dishes tonight, okay? That one is done. So Luke 16 Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 13, it says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And as we talked about on Sunday, there's not a third option there. And oh, how I wish there was a third option there. You can't serve God, nor mammon, nor something else. There's really only two things. We are serving one of two things. We're either serving God or we're serving mammon. Amen? There is no third, there's no third door. There's nothing behind the, the curtain. There's nothing there. It's either one or the other. That word master simply means um, Lord, a person exercising absolute ownership rights. So, we can only serve one master. To serve basically means to be a slave. It means to be subject to. It means to obey both voluntary and involuntary. And then mammon simply means riches, money, possessions, property, treasure a person trusts in. But as I went a little deeper, there actually was a deity that they used to sacrifice to, which was mammon. It is a false god. Amen. Satan has always wanted to present himself as an equal to God. He's always wanted to say, there's God and there's me. But in reality, there's God 
and there's a fallen angel. Amen? One fallen angel. Amen? They are not equal with one another as much as the devil would like. What does the devil want more than anything? He wants to control and he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be like God. That's why this spirit is so seductive. Amen? This spirit, that spirit of mammon, it loves attention. It thrives off of it. It's always embedded with pride. It always will tell you everything you want to know about itself. You know, I've found in my 53 years in the earth that when I meet somebody, what I've learned a little bit of is to try and get other people to talk about themselves instead of talking. Amen? That's just in making conversation with people. And you can tell there are a lot of people that really, really like to talk about themselves. They like to tell you all their good works. They like to tell you all the things that they've done, where they've been, and all those types of things. And at the end of the conversation, they might ask, oh, and by the way, how are you? Amen? That spirit of mammon, it loves attention. It's based in being self-centered. All it sees, it's I, and it's all about self-preservation. What's going to happen to me? So, mammon is linked to a couple of other scriptures, which I found today in Galatians 5.20. Galatians 5.20. And oh, by the way, we want to welcome our online guest in today. Everybody give them a big hand if you're watching us online. We're so glad that you're with us on a Tuesday night Bible study at West Houston Christian Center. We are honored that you're with us. Get your Bible, get a notebook, and take some good notes. And uh, if you have any questions or you want to contact the church, there's an email listed underneath, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. God bless you. We're glad you're here. So that word mammon is linked to uh, several other scriptures. Galatians 5.20, it basically says, flee from idolatry. Amen? Say idolatry. And this was, in this context, in Galatians 5.20, it was a formal sacrificial feast held in the honor of a false god. I'll say that again. Flee from idolatry. If God tells you to flee from something, that means run and run quick, right? Flee. I mean, it doesn't say take your sweet time in a few days, think about it, talk about it, make a decision. When he says flee, it means you flee from it. What is idolatry? Anything that you put above God to worship. Amen? Back in the old days, which was so funny, is that someone would go out into the forest, cut down a piece of wood, bring the wood into the house shave the wood down, put some little eyes and a little nose and a funny hat on it, and then all of a sudden that became their God. It became their idol. Amen? And it became their thing of worship. So God does not want us to have any other idols. He wants to be the sole purpose, our sole source in our life in every area. God doesn't just want to be the source in your finances. He wants to be the source in your relationships. He doesn't just want to be the source in your relationships. He wants to be your source in how you work with other people. He wants to be your source in your marriage and with your kids and and all the plans. If we would include God, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So when I put God first place in every area of my life, what I'm doing is I'm expressing lordship over him in every area. But... We don't just get there overnight, do we? We have to learn to develop our trust in God in some areas. Amen? 
We have to build our faith up in those areas. But idolatry, what, what do you think one of the most famous shows in the United States today is American Idol? I mean, just the whole premise of it is demonic. Amen? Great if you can sing. Wonderful. But do you notice when it comes to a spirit of mammon, there can only be one? Why can't we all be singer? Well, you know what I'm saying? We all have giftings and talents. See, God's not looking for the one that sticks out the most. He's looking for the one who's the biggest servant and to be the most obedient. That's the one that God wants to use. He's not looking for the most talented. He's not looking for the one that's got the best voice. He's looking to the one who'll be submitted to him so that when he moves and talks, that they'll act and do what he tells them to do. Amen? So, idols. In 1 Corinthians 10.14, once again it says, flee from idolatry. And this talks about of avarice. And that word avarice means extreme greed for wealth or material gain as a worship of mammon. That word avarice means extreme greed for wealth or material gains as a worship of mammon. Colossians 3.5 Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Whoever my master is, I worship. Whoever my master is, that's who I worship. Well, how do I know who I worship? What are you doing with your resources? If you show me what you're doing with your resources, I can show you who your master is. Amen? When we give of our gifts and our tithes and our offerings, when we have a lifestyle of giving, amen, a lifestyle of giving, then it's very easy to see, amen? See, God's always trying to get something to me. He's always blessing. He's never looking for me just to hold on to what I have. He's always looking for me to give. He's always looking for opportunities to sow and to give. Amen? He's not looking for opportunities for me to hoard and to store. Now listen, when it comes to giving, I do think that we as believers need to be wise with our finances. A budget is a good thing. Amen? Amen. Living as a spirit-filled believer doesn't mean just flying by the seat of my pants not having a plan, well, the Lord will provide tomorrow. There are times when we're supposed to live like that, but for the most part, God is a God of organization, isn't he? I mean, he's the most purposeful being in the earth. There's a plan to everything that he does, and if we follow his plan, we'll get his results. So when I use wisdom when it comes to my finances, and the first part of wisdom about finances is our tithe. That's the first 101, that is learning to trust God 101. Lord, this is how I show you that I trust you. I am trusting you with one dime of a dollar. Remember in Luke chapter 16, he who is faithful in a little thing is, is faithful over much, and he who is unfaithful in a little thing is unfaithful over much. God uses this thing of unrighteous mammon, our finances, what do we do with it? If God, that this is the testing ground. God says, if I can't trust you with this unrighteous mammon, how am I going to trust you with the bigger things? So how we use the resources that we have tells God whether we're ready for promotion or not. Amen? Still loves us, 
We can pray in tongues, we can go to church, we can serve, we can do all those wonderful things, but until I pass that test with that money, amen, then I'm not prepared. Creflo Dollar used an example. If, if Stephen Doty was coming to my house to um, apply for a job, and let's say Stephen was going to meet at my house, and Stephen comes to my house, but on my coffee table there was a $20 bill. Now, after the meeting... When Stephen leaves, if that $20 bill is gone, I know everything there is to know about Stephen. Right? If I had the $20 before Stephen got there, and then Stephen left, and the $20 is gone, do you th- what kind of job do you think I'm going to offer Stephen? I'm going to go find him and get my $20 back. Amen? I have found out everything I need to know about him. I don't need to know anything else. That if I can't trust him with a $20 bill out in the open, how am I going to trust him in this big company that I want to bring him into? Now, Stephen's a good guy. You want to give me that $20? (laughs) So, whoever my master is, I worship. It's either God or mammon. Now, I want to show you the very nature of this spirit. And remember, this spirit entered in. Have you ever thought about when all this stuff came into the earth? I mean, the minute Adam and Eve, the minute that curse took effect, all of this came into the earth. All of these spirits came into the earth. Everything changed when Adam and Eve partook of whatever that fruit was. So as soon as Adam and Eve partook of that fruit, they had spent the first part of their life in the glory of God, spending one-on-one time with God, serving God, serving one another, helping one another, being a blessing to others, always doing for others. And the minute that spirit enters in, they eat that fruit, the glory is gone. And for the first time, now their eyes are turned inward and all they see is themselves. That spirit of mammon comes rushing into the garden. And now instead of seeing, what can I do for you? Now that's, now they're saying, oh my gosh, I am naked. I need to be clothed. Notice how that word I now all of a sudden that there was no I before Genesis chapter 3. But after Genesis chapter 3, there's a lot of I. Because that's what that spirit of mammon does. It's about self-preservation. What about me? I see me. I need to do something about me. I need to cover me. Instead of before it was, I serve God. I serve my husband. I serve whatever God is. See what I'm saying? I'm a steward. God has given me this stewardship to do. So I want to show you kind of the nature of it. We're going to go to the book of Ezekiel. It should be the widest, cleanest pages in your Bible. Anybody spend a lot of time just in Ezekiel every morning? Now there's a, this is kind of the picture of um, Satan and how Satan fell and This is kind of how God laid it out, and they use the example of this king of, uh, I believe it's pronounced Tyre, T-Y-R-E, and um, this is a little backstory on this king of Tyre. This is Ezekiel, and he's prophesying over these, Ezekiel 28, um, we're going to go to verse, we're going to start at one, but we're going to bounce all the way down a little bit. And so this is Ezekiel, who is a prophet in the Old Testament, and God has him prophesying against different kings and against different lands and against Israel and Judah and all those types of things. And uh, this, was the, this was the proclamation that he had against Tyre. 
But first, just a little bit about a backstory. So beginning in verse 1, chapter 28, it says, The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord, Because your heart is lifted up, and you have said and thought, I am a God, I sit in the seat of the gods, in the heart of the seas, yet you are only man, weak, feeble, and made of earth, and not God, though you imagine yourself to be almost more than mortal with your mind as the mind of God. You can already tell that this person's a little bit off, right? Have you ever met somebody that thought they were God? You ever dated that guy before? Verse 4, with your own wisdom and with your own understanding, you have gotten riches and power and have brought gold and silver into your treasuries. Let me repeat that. With your great wisdom and by, I'm sorry, with your own wisdom and with your own understanding, you have gotten your riches and power and have brought gold and silver into your treasuries. Doesn't that sound just like the unjust servant, the unjust that we talked about in Luke chapter 16? By your own power, you brought in your own riches for yourself. Whatever you did, you did to benefit yourself. These are the characteristics of the devil, amen? These are the characteristics of a mammon spirit. It uses its own wisdom and its own power to bring resources in for others. What should we be doing right now? We should be bringing, what's the blessing say? I'm blessed to be a blessing. See, when we talk about biblical prosperity, and this is where a lot of people get mixed up with it because sometimes they look at a minister or somebody on TV and maybe they talk about money, you know, or whatever, but what we're, what we're trying to say is, is that the reason that I'm asking that I want to have more so that I can give more. Amen? I'm not trying to build the biggest house on the block. Although, once you start giving, and you're God, you can't outgive God. I don't begrudge any big TV minister that has a wonderful house or an airplane or any of those things. Because they're giving of all that they have, and you cannot help but to receive back when you live like that. It's, it is a byproduct. Prosperity is a byproduct of knowing God. And when you operate in the biblical kingdom, when you operate in the prosperity that God has, if I give everything away, God's just looking for a way to get it all back to me. Amen? Amen. There, there's a good way of checking to see if you're dealing with the mammon spirit right there. How do you view other people in church with money? How do you view these TV? How do you view some of these guys? Amen. Michelle and I had the extreme honor of working for Dr. Savell for a number of years, and they've preached prosperity for 50 years. But you know what? We got to see them behind the scenes, and they were the same people when it was just me and him as I was picking weeds out of them, <laughs> mowing their grass, or when I was working for them entry level. They lived what they preached. They were constantly, how many little things did they do just for us, for you and I? when we were getting married. We were the lowest people on the totem pole, but they blessed us at our wedding. They blessed us with tuition. They blessed us financially. They blessed my children with, with, with money for college. They live it. Does that make sense? They're not just sitting there saying, send me money, send me money, send me money. No, no. They're giving, giving, and giving. Therefore, they are receiving, receiving, and receiving. Amen? So be really, really wise how you speak against somebody because we don't always know, we only know what we know. We don't know 
all that they've done and all that they're doing. And when we do have a problem with that, sometimes that's a mammon spirit. Well, I just don't believe that they should have that. Why not? That mammon spirit is a spirit of limitation. Amen. And it will come in the guise of being religious, but really it's jealous that they have it and you don't. Come on. See, I told you this was going to be bad again. I told you. And y'all came back anyway. Y'all want to go to the debriefing with, with Vincent? All right. We can switch, we can switch audiences. Verse 5. By your great wisdom and by your traffic, you have increased your riches and power, and your heart is proud and lifted up because of your wealth. Let me read that again. By your great wisdom in trade, you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. So let me say this. They always say that, you know, like money changes people. Would you agree with that? Does money change people to a level? I mean, I kind of believe that like we're good for, I mean, how you handle, if, if I have $10, you know, $100 isn't going to change the way that I, if I'm good with $10, I'm going to be good with $100. If I'm good with $100, I'm going to be good with $1,000. You see what I'm saying? If I'm good, what happens is, is that for whatever reason, when people get larges, and this is why the, the lottery is not from God, because people that aren't prepared, that get large amounts of wealth, it doesn't change them. It's just that they don't have the capacity to know how to have the responsibility to use those finances. Does that make sense? Now, all of a sudden, because people have a lot of money, they overestimate themselves and their own opinion, and they begin to think that they're better. Would you agree with that? Have you met that person before that thought that they were all that simply because they had more of the least thing than you did? There's an air that came about them of superiority. Well, if money has the ability in your overestimation to change you, what's it do? Does it have the same power to when we don't have enough to underestimate ourselves. See how that is? Money, at whatever level, if we have too much, then there's an opportunity there to think more highly. But there's also an opportunity when I don't feel like I have enough to make me not feel good enough. See how much power that has? That depending on how much money we have dictates whether I'm how I feel about myself. And money was never supposed to have that place in our lives. Amen? We are not identified by what we have. Our identity is in Christ. Amen? Jesus said, and Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. We should be the same person with $100 as we are with a billion dollars. Right? Because I'm not identified in what I have. I should be the same person with $1 if I am, if I'm $100 million in debt. I'm the same person, right? I'm not identified by what I have or what I don't have. The spirit of mammon wants to identify you and categorize you in that area. It wants to bring division because it is nature. It's Satan's spirit and it is a spirit of division. It wants to divide us from each other. It is so quiet in here. I mean, it is like eerily quiet. 
So, do we see the power we give to mammon? Amen? You ever felt bad because you felt like... See, why, why do we always look at somebody else as they're doing better than us? You know what I mean? It's like, I'm in my neighborhood, but I look at the guy in the next neighborhood, I'm going, man, I sure would like to live in that neighborhood. But you know what that guy's saying? Man, there's another neighborhood, a couple up. Man, I want to live in that neighborhood. And then, you know what that guy's saying? Oh, I really want to get into that. See, we're all constantly thinking that we're not where we're supposed to be. We're never where we're supposed to be. We're where we want. I want to be where I want to be. I want to be, I want to live over there. I want to drive that car. I want to live in that neighborhood. Because if I just had those things, then I would feel good about myself. And you're never going to feel good about yourself because mammon inherently is never made to make you feel good about yourself. Remember the rich young ruler? Rich young ruler, we talked about him on Sunday. He has all the money. He's young. He's rich. He's good looking. He is the, he is the catch. If he was on the, he'd be on The Bachelor if, if they were doing The Bachelor back in the day. I mean, he's young. He's rich. He's got money. He comes from a good family. And he goes up and he interrupts Jesus. He interrupts him and says, Master, Master, what must I do to have eternal life? Now, once again, even though this man had everything, he still recognized that he was missing something. So even if you have all the riches and you have all the money, he was still recognizing there's something missing in my life. Mammon can't fill that spot. All the money, all the promotions, all the jobs, all the things in life, while they're wonderful and they're good, yes, Convenience is a wonderful thing. Money buys you convenience. Right? It gives you options. It gives you choices. Amen? It's good to be rich. It's okay to be rich. God wants us to be blessed because we know what to do with it. But this rich young ruler, it was his God. It was his idol. Jesus said, well, the, the, the young man asked, what should I do? And Jesus starts talking about the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. Do this. Don't do that. Do this on Tuesdays. Don't do this on Thursdays. And the rich young ruler, man, he just sits back and he's like, you know, I've been doing that since I was seven years old. What else you got, Jesus? And I just love this. Jesus loved him. Say loved him. Loved him. Looked at him and said, He said, he loved him so much that he said, he didn't get mad at him. He didn't, you know, backslap him. He he could have brought everybody around and said, here, let me teach thee about the fool. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. He looked at him and he loved him and he said, sell all that you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the man did not hear one word Jesus said after he said, sell all you have. Zip! Because what was he offering him? A place on his staff. That's the same thing he said to Peter. That's the same thing he said to John. That's the same thing that Jesus, he has only said that to those people who he called to be a disciple. He was offering this young man an apostleship. But the man, because the man in spirit, because his true God, what he truly was lacking was, is that all of his trust was in what he had and not who Jesus was. That's what's so slippery about having things. Amen. We have to make sure that things don't have me, that I just have things. 
I have to continually try my heart. If God asks me to give something or to sow something, am I willing to do it? Because if I'm not, then that thing has me. And then I have to ask God, what is the fear behind me giving that? Well, what is the fear? Because if I give it away, I won't have it anymore and I won't get another one. Because God's like Santa Claus and he only comes once a year. God's like the lottery. There can only be one winner. That's, our, that's, the, that's the mentality of a mammon spirit. Mammon spirit says cheat, lie, and steal, and hold on to whatever you got because you may never, ever, ever get it again. God says from a free hand, give everything you have. Freely, 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 give it away. And freely, 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 I'll re return it to you. Amen? Verse 16. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within you, and you sinned. Now he's talking about the devil. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within you, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you out. As we said before, the devil has always wanted from day one, he's always wanted to be like God, he's always wanted to be control of the economy of this world, and he's always wanted to be worshipped. Those are the things that Satan has always wanted. He wants the worship and praise of people, and he wants to be in control of a global economy with him at the top of it. Does everybody understand that? That's it. That's why you always have to watch when people are trying to amass their... They're trying to build kingdoms for themselves. When you have an ungodly man that amasses large amounts of wealth, they begin to build a kingdom for themselves and setting themselves up as absolute ruler. Amen? So well, what I want to make sure is that as we are prospering, as God is blessing us, that God is still the source. Amen? Amen. God is the one that gets the praise when we get a breakthrough. Anybody need a breakthrough? Yes. Financial breakthrough? Yes. Amen. That's a testimony ready to happen because God's going to get the praise for it. We're sowing, we're tithers, we're believings. Amen. We're believing right now. If you need a breakthrough, stand up. If you need a breakthrough, if you need a breakthrough, stand up. Stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just thank you right now. Satan, I bind you. I take authority over this mammon spirit. I curse you at your root. I command you to loose these people and let them go. And I thank you right now, Father, that we're in a place of breakthrough in our finances, in our jobs, in our relationships, in our health. I thank you that now, Father, now we receive it. We receive the breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Glory. So remember, the root of the mammon spirit is the devil. Matthew 4, 8. The devil tempted Jesus three times when he was in the wilderness. You notice Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days, right? So the devil attacks on the first day, right? No, he waits till day 40. He waits till he's hungry. He's waiting till he's thirsty. And then all of a sudden Satan appears and it was like, If thou be the God, take these stoneths and turneth them into bread. Which is the first test that Adam failed. You notice the first test again was food. You notice he started with food again. He never changes his patterns. Amen. 
So Adam failed the test under the best conditions. Jesus passed the test under the worst conditions. Because Jesus was hungry after 40 days. Turn these rocks into bread. Jesus said, what did he say? It is written. That's very, very important. It is written. Jesus didn't respond from his own opinion. He responded from the word's opinion. So then Jesus, then the Lord, I'm sorry, then Satan takes Jesus to church. Yeah, Jesus took, the devil took Jesus to church, top of the high synagogue, top of the top of the building, and says, if thou be the son of God, throw yourself down and all the angels will come. And Jesus once again says, it is written, do not test or tempt the Lord thy God. But then Satan does this. He takes Jesus to a high mountain and it says it shows him all of the kingdoms of the world, and it says, in all their glory. Now, all of a sudden, all Jesus can see is the entire world, every kingdom, the fortunes that are in them, the glory that comes from them. And Jesus says, flee. That was the mammon spirit. Satan was saying, Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I will give you all this. And Jesus doesn't say it is written. He says, flee. He says, get. Get. Same thing he said to Peter. When Peter tried to stop him from going to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. Flee. You're trying to stop me. And that's what the mammon spirit tries to do. It tries to stop the purposes and plans of God in our life. It offers you this wonderful little camouflage thing. You got a billion dollars over here, but I got this shiny rock. Oh, if I can get you to take that shiny rock, you'll forget about that billion dollars over there. Look how shiny it is. You need something. You need a breakthrough, right? Just take this. Just compromise and just get this. See how seductive that it is? Amen? So, Jesus says to flee. So Satan has always wanted to be worshipped, and he's always wanted a one-world financial system. Always wanted it. Revelations chapter 13, and that's how you know that this is the spirit of the Antichrist. When the Antichrist comes onto the scene during the seven-year tribulation, if you'll look in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, he says, he, the Antichrist causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Verse 17. And that no one buys or sells except one who has the mark or the number of the beast. Satan hasn't changed one bit. He is still trying at that seven-year period before the return of the Lord to have a one-world, one financial system with him set up on the top of it. That is that mammon spirit. It wants to control everybody through their finances. Have you ever wondered why sometimes these really good politicians, I don't care from what party, they're local, you hear them talk, they have a good plan, you can tell there's a moral compass inside of them, but then all of a sudden they go to Washington and they change just like that. It's because of the mammon spirit. It's because that system only works off of the mammon spirit. 
In order to get something done in Washington, you have to give something. See what I'm saying? Deals have to be made. Remember we talked about on Sunday, you know, our nation right now is $22 trillion in debt. $22 trillion. And politicians are now offering people Medicare for all, which would be an estimated about $20,000 per person. It's impossible to do. One person is trying to say they're going to wipe out student loans. It's insane. They can't. A country, how are we when you're $22 trillion in debt, how are you going to get the money to pay for this? You just keep making it. Absolutely. But that's a mammon spirit. Why do they want to have all these programs? To control you. They want to control you. They want to control us with a welfare system. That's why government is being so hard, this mammon spirit, to get in control of our health care. Because that is another way that it can now control you and limit you. How do I know there's not a mammon spirit in Washington, D.C.? Because these men and women are making laws that they are not subject to. That is the epitome of a mammon spirit. It is easier to spend other people's money, but it will not spend its own on that very thing. Politicians have their own Social Security program, and they have their own health program. And they are making laws. Social Security is set to be insolvent by 2035. Gone. Money gone. Spent. But not by these politicians. They're set for life. You can serve one day as a U.S. Senator. You can serve one day in the U.S. House of Representatives and you get full retirement, full health care, full benefits, full everything for life. Do you see how backwards and how upside down we are? Amen? So that mammon spirit is seated in our highest places of government because government, it wants to control you and it wants to use you. It wants to, it wants to make you a slave to that system. Amen? But you know what? When we walk, when I'm, a, when I'm a giver and I'm a tither and I'm walking in the kingdom of God, I can live, I can live in that system. I can make money now off that system because it's not using me. I'm going to use it. Amen? Can I tell you what you do? My, my beautiful wife is great with finances. And so we credit cards. Amen? But we don't use credit cards to amass debt. We use the credit cards, pay them off, and then you just get all the free benefits that go along with them. And she tells them when they call, if you give me this credit card, you're just going to end up paying me money. We get free money every month because you pay the bill every month and they have to give you. See, they're hoping they can get you in debt and you never get the benefits. But when you're in charge, you use that card, but they now have to give you everything they said they have to give you. On a, it's free money. Amen. That's how we as a believer are supposed to use the system. The system is not supposed to use us. Amen. God and Satan are not equal. They're not equal. We have to make this decision that God is our source. God has to be our source. He has to be our source in every area. When we're sitting here trying to labor and try and work these things out and trying to make it happen, that's not how it's supposed to be. Amen. We're supposed to sow. We're supposed to believe. We're supposed to hear from God. We're supposed to walk in wisdom. Amen. We cannot, we cannot just go out. We, can't, we have to watch our spending habits. Amen. A lot of times it's, it's triggered in like self-control. Just because you see something, that means I want it. That's the lust of the eyes. 
just because I see something and I have to have it and then asking God to pay it off after I get it on my credit card doesn't work that way. Amen? All these companies that talk about paying off all this credit card debt for pennies on the dollar, that's theft. Amen, that, is. that is theft. If you knowingly took a credit card and you took it all the way up and now you're looking for credit, you're looking for someone to pay that off because you don't want to pay it off anymore, that's not a predatory lending company. That's us with bad spending habits. I owe that money. Amen. Walking away from debt is not a godly thing. Forgiveness of a debt is a godly thing. But walking away from debt is not. Amen. Debt is one of the heaviest, weightiest things that you'll ever carry. It is, it is how many, anybody ever dealt with debt before? It, it does, I don't know about for a woman, but for a man, it, it's like this heavy thing that comes on top of it. It's oppressive. That's the mammon spirit. Because it wants to keep you down and it wants to keep you in a place where it can control you. Amen?